You're listening to the Second Corinthians Weakness and Strength Sermon Series, preached by Pastor Rick Dressler at Maple City Baptist Church in Chatham, Ontario. For more information about Maple City, please visit us online at maplecitybaptistchurch.com. Baptist Church. This is not the church down the road. This is not the church on the radio. This is not the church that has the university and seminary. This is Maple City Baptist Church. This is who we are. Who are we? We're a group of called out, blood washed believers who assemble together in this place to covenant with one another to say, listen, Christ saved me. I want to walk in line with his word. And I am covenanting with these people to love, to care for, to comfort, to encourage, to rebuke, to be accountable with one another. So don't get caught in this comparing ministry. That's not our job. Our job is to say, Lord, you've called me here. This is where we're at. Help us to do what you've called us to do. It is dangerous to play the comparison game. You never win. You never can win. We're not called to compare or to compete or nickels and noses. None of that. None of that. Now, do we adjust? Absolutely. Do, do we look at the Word of God and say, yes, this is something we can do better. We want to align ourselves with the Word. We make adjustments. But listen to me. Do not come comparing and competing and commending. Look, um, I am not Matt Chandler or Tim Keller or James McDonald or Alistair Bay or any of those guys. And, and we've been blessed to have tremendous resources for men and women who teach and expound the word. But when you start comparing, it's crazy. Nobody can do that. We're not competing against anyone else. This is the church. This is our church. And by the way, listen, glean information, glean knowledge, um, get what you can. But listen to me, when you're sick, and when your family's in the hospital, and when you go to the funeral home, and when you die, None of those guys will care. None of them. But I give large amounts. None of them will care. Why? Because they don't know you. Don't compare. Don't compete. Don't commend. It's dangerous. It's not a good idea. Don't do it. This is our church. This is who we are. No bells. No whistles. I tell people when they come here, we're a bunch of hillbillies. This is it. Don't compare. Don't compete. Don't commit. We're not about the competition. We're not about getting more followers. We're about just doing what God wants us to do here. And so listen, if you're coming here and you like this place, then then listen, quit dating us and marry us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Be part of it. Quit comparing. If this is a place, then be part of it. Be involved. Be here. Don't make bogus comparisons. They're, they're unfair. But now listen to me. Don't make bogus comparisons in our own lives and ministries because we are the people behind all those things. Commend themselves. Don't go out commending yourself. Talk about yourself. Um, I wish that for one day we could have Facebook Honesty Day. I have family members that every time they do something, they post it. I mean, anything, everything, everything they do becomes a, a, a post on Facebook. Do you know people like that? Yeah, you do. 
Yes, Jacques does. Jacques is one of those people. Um, and it's like, look at me. Look at what I have. And I com- we commend ourselves, and we're wrapped up in it. I wish one day we could just be honest and say, look at, um, you're not that interesting. Love, Rick. That meal looked disgusting. Your kids aren't that bright. I've talked to them. And you're terrible parents. And I know you are. Wouldn't that be great? For three seconds, then you lose all your friends. But we do. We, we commend ourselves. It's part of our culture now. I want you to know how great I am. I want you to know I got it all together. I want to compare myself with everybody else so I make them look bad and myself look better. It's evil. It's evil. We're talking about ministries comparing, but listen, ministries are made of people. And this attitude that I'm going to compare, I'm going to one-up everyone else, we start competing. Like I want his gifts, her talents, their money, that spouse, that stuff. We find ourselves in a dangerous spot. And we truly are clueless. And Paul says, be careful. We are not like those who do those things. And the fact is, I think we've come to a point in our lives where we don't even know who we truly are anymore. This facade that we pretend to be something that we think everyone wants us to be. Self-awareness is at an all-time low. And we're busy commending ourselves, competing. We don't even know who we are anymore. We're in a state of delusion. Delusional. We're in a state of denial. Not the river Egypt, but real denial. Real denial. Now we have a generation of people who they believe themselves to be something they're not. Right? They're never wrong. They're always right. They're always better. They're always bigger. They're always more important. They're always the victim because they could never do anything wrong. And it just gets pathetic over time. Why? Because we've been spending our life comparing, commending, and competing. And it never ends. I was listening to a guy not too long ago, and here's the quote. I don't know if we have this, Scott, um, in the Dropbox. I think we might. Ah, there it is. He says, um, we have not lived long enough to see that the only person who is consistently present in every scene of that long-running drama we call life is you. You meet people, it's like, Man, they were terrible. That was bad. That person hurt me. That person's not right. That other person is wrong. I can't believe this always happens to me. And what they fail to realize is the common denominator in all those situations are you. It's me. And we blame everybody instead of seeing who we truly are. Listen, we've got to stop this. Years ago, um, Tim Conway did a, a skit. on. He was a counselor. And everyone who came to him, the only thing we'd say to them is, just stop it. They would say, I have trouble with, I want to quit smoking. He said, just stop it. I got trouble with gossip. Just stop it. I'm OCD. Just stop it. And I think there's real truth to that. Just stop it. And listen, this morning, instead of commending ourselves, instead of competing, instead of comparing, we must stop this behavior. And we can because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know what the gospel tells us? The gospel sees us for who we are. Can I tell you something this morning? As the gospel sees me, I am broken. 
I am flawed. Childhood wasn't that great, to be honest with you. Right? Lots of insecurities. Greed and lust to be first and to be right. That's what the gospel says. It pulls all of it back and says, wait a minute. Instead of the facade and playing the game of commending yourself, comparing and competing, this is who you really are. This is you. It exposes us. It shows us who we really are. Listen, pull the mask down a little bit, would you? God, be search me, try me, be thorough with me, expose me. And the gospel does that. It starts. But here's the other thing it does. Not only does it show us who we truly are, but then it tells us there's a Savior who loves us in spite of ourselves, who knows everything about us and yet does not turn away. Not only does he not turn away, but what he does is he thinks I'm of so much value and worth that he died on the cross for my sins. And the wrath of God was poured out on his head for me. Therefore, I don't have to compete. I don't have to compare. I don't have to commend myself. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to have this facade. I can find value and worth and acceptance in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. God, I was 12 years old, God saved me. In the past, he saved me. I realized I was a sinner. I realized I was in trouble. God saved me. Today, I am saved. I know I'm saved. I know that I know that Christ died for me. And somewhere in the future, I will be eternally saved and safe. But you know something? Right now, God is saving me. And he's saving you. From all the junk and all the garbage and all the nonsense of our lives, so I can be open, I can be transparent, I can be honest with you, and you can be honest with me. That's the beauty of the gospel. I was talking to our folks on Wednesday about truth. And there's a quote, and it says, the truth will set you free, but not until it's done with you. And as I see myself for who I really am, the gospel shows me the love of Christ, that I can now come and be honest and open, the truth gets a hold of me, and the Spirit gets a hold of me, and, and it, it will set you free, but it doesn't do it overnight, man. It exposes, it shows what's going on in your heart and your mind and your life. It shows you those patterns and those problems, and it will deal with you. But through Christ, I have security and confidence. Listen to what Paul says in Romans chapter 8, thinking about the gospel. He says in verse 31, what shall we then say to these things? And these things are all the things that Christ has done for you. That Christ has broken, he's taken care of the penalty of sin and the power of sin. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. And he goes on there, and he goes on. Then you know the end of it, verse 37. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, 
nor any other, nor height or depth, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And Paul says, listen, in light of all that God has done, I don't have to pretend. I don't have to have a facade. I don't have to commend myself and compete and compare. I don't need any of it. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. And in him, I have all that I need. And so, understand this morning, just be yourself. Just be yourself. And what I mean by that is not, well, I'm just opinionated and I'm just mean and that's just me. No, that's your brokenness. When I say be yourself this morning, I mean be honest with God with who we are. Quit pretending. Let the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, transform our lives. Listen, I'm 48 years old. I know it shocked some of you. Some of you thought I was 85. 48 years old. I don't want to stay the same, man. I don't want to walk off this planet and not know that God has been transforming and changing me and using me for his kingdom. Just be who you are. God, here I am. Here's my heart. Here's my thoughts. Try them. See if there's any wicked way in me. Quit with the facade. Quit pretending. You know how discouraging it is to have a bunch of people who pretend? We had a family back in Cleveland, and there was a missionary lady speaking to a group of women. And the missionary lady had, like, I don't know, seven or 1,700 kids. I had a lot of kids, somewhere between there. And, and so someone said to the woman, hey, my teenager is re- really rebellious sometime. I don't know what to do. What, what advice would you give me? And here's what the woman said. Hmm, I don't know. My kids have never been rebellious. Hmm, are they dead? Really? Your kids, what's the secret to that? I'll tell you what the secret is, lying. That's the secret. And that woman walked away discouraged because she thought she was the only freak out there who had kids that were bad. There are a lot of freaks out there, aren't there? Yeah. The room's full of freaks. We're people. We're human beings. And so be yourself. Quit with the facade. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help you. And these guys were commending themselves Cutting people down to look better, it's ridiculous. Be who God has designed you to be. Just be yourself. Number two, be aware of your boundaries and capacities. Look at verse number 13. Paul says, we're not like these guys who are doing this. He says, but we will not boast of things without our measure, but according to the measure of the rule, which is literally canon, we get a scripture, the canon of scripture, which God hath distributed to us a measure to reach even unto you. Verse 14 for we stretch not ourselves beyond our measure as though we reached not unto you. Uh, for we are come as far as you also in preaching the gospel of Christ. And what Paul is saying here is, listen, okay, this is who I am. Don't be like these guys committing themselves. But I want you to know, God has given me a task. God has given me a boundary. God has given me an assignment from him. And I'm not boasting about anyone else's stuff. This is what God has called me to do. And so Paul could be bold and unashamed because he knew that this is exactly what God had given him to do. He was doing his job. If you're a Super Bowl fan, if you watched last week, um, if you're a Falcons fan, you loved the first half. I mean, you loved it. You were cheering and you were high-fiving and you thought, this is fantastic. We will be the world champions, the Super Bowl champs. You loved it. But if you were a um, Patriots fan, you love the second half. You actually love the Super Bowl because you won, right? It's a fantastic game. 
for whatever reason, we get Boston News, and every time they interview someone, either a coach or a player from the Patriots, here's their motto. Just do your job. That, that's, it's hammered into them. Just do your job. Hey, Brady, your job is not to block. It's not to kick. It's to manage the offense and pass the ball. That's what you do, right? Edelman, your job is to catch the ball. That's it. Throw a block, catch a ball. They do their job. And Paul says, listen, we have been called to do a job. These are my boundaries. This is what God has given me. And so just do your job, not someone else's. Not someone else's. Just do your job. If God were to give an angel, two angels charge and say to one, you're going to go sweep the streets down there, and you're going to lead a kingdom. If both do their job, they both please the Lord Jesus Christ. No, no job is better than the other. And so this morning, believer, listen, be yourself, but do your job. Your job. Mom, do your job. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world, man. I'm telling you. Women, don't sell yourself short. Your job is amazing. It's amazing. Hey, Dad, do your job. Hey, your hobbies and your sports someday, you won't be able to play them or do them. You'll still have kids by God's grace. Do your job. Single parent, do your job. Grandparent, do your job. Teenager, do your job. Sunday school teacher, do your job. Deacon, elder, do your job. Greeter, nursery worker, worship team, the person who makes a meal or makes a visit, do your job. Your job. Your job's not my job, my job's not your job, and none of it's more important than anyone else's. That's not how the body works. Man, my, my right arm's more important, so I don't need my left one. It doesn't work like that. Do your job. Too often we become like Peter after the Lord's resurrection, and, and the Lord says to Peter, here's what your job is. Not very fun, Peter. They're going to take you someday where you don't want to go. And he's walking, he says, there's John. Hey, Lord, what about that guy? You know what the Lord said? Shut up, Peter. That's about something. like It's like, don't worry about him. You do what I've called you to do. Believer, we have an army in this room. If we just do our job, I don't know what to do. When someone's hurt next door, should I make them a meal? Yeah. My neighbor's in the hospital. Should I visit him? Yeah. Should I call you first? No. No. You shouldn't. Just go do it. Do your job. And as we do our job, we increase the kingdom. Look at verses 15 and 16. He says, Not boasting of the things without our measure, that is, of another man's labors. This is Paul's labor. This is what the other people were doing. But having hope, when your faith is increased, that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. It means superabundant. To preach the gospel in regions beyond you and not to boast another man's line of things made ready to our hand. And Paul says as we do our job, the kingdom is increased. It is increased. And then finally this morning, look at verse number 17. 
but he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. This is the right boasting. Paul says, listen, these guys who are out there commending themselves, comparing, competing, it's ridiculous. They're clueless. But here's the right boasting. He that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. That's a quote from Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. But Paul uses that quote again back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Verse 29 says this. He's talking about how God uses those things that are weak. Verse 29 says that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. What's he saying? He's saying, listen, in Christ you have everything. In Christ you have been given everything. Therefore, your, your talents... Your ability, your money, your stuff, your breath, it all belongs to him. Therefore, you can't glory in yourself. You can't boast in yourself. All boasting should be directed to the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's worthy. He's worthy. Don't ever doubt the power of boasting and rejoicing in the great God, our King. For those who like to know the end of the story and you read the end of the book, the Bible does that for us. It tells us at the very end where all boasting goes, where all praise will be. Who will be exalted? Listen to Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. For thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Revelation 7, 9 and 10. After this, I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white, robes and palms in their hands and cried with a loud voice saying salvation to our God which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb and what I'm saying this morning is this ultimately all praise and glory will go to Jesus Christ because he is worthy and now in our lives on this planet in this time we can join that praise already by honoring his name and glorifying him and boasting in the God of heaven so Paul says join in Jesus And then finally, verse 18, this profound word as he concludes this chapter. He says in verse 18, For not he that commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. Hey, what does it matter if I tell you how great I am? I'm a great pastor. I'm a great husband. I'm a great father. I'm a great son. I'm a great whatever. What does it matter if when God looks at me, he says, nope, not at all. It doesn't matter. It's it's funny, we want to be a hero to everybody out there. We want to put this facade on. Instead of being a hero to our God, to obeying him, to following him. And when it's all said and done, my friend, listen to me. The only commendation that matters is on that last day, 
when Jesus said, or says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done. That's when it's going to matter. My friend, if you're here this morning and you don't know Christ, you will never hear that word. You will never hear that. You will hear, depart from me, I never knew you. I never knew you. Don't play games. My friend, if you're lost without Christ this morning, don't play with your life. Don't play with your soul. Because in the end, he does win. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And believer, don't play games this morning. What does it matter what anyone thinks or says about us? If God commends us, we are commended. That's all that matters. And so this week, as we face the world, let me remind you, just be yourself. Quit with the facade. Hey, I'm broken. I'm flawed. God's doing a work on me. Let's be honest. Be, just be yourself. Just do your job. Don't worry about anybody else. Do what God has called you to do in whatever field or influence you have right now. And then we must joy in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray this morning.